0: Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Telling the Story podcast. This is the audio branch of the Telling the Story blog at tellingthestoryblog.com. A look at how journalists and everyone reach the world. I am Matt Pearl, author of the Telling the Story blog and a reporter at NBC in Atlanta. My guest for this episode is coming off quite the week. She is the multimedia editor and a staff photographer for the Asheville Citizen Times. But earlier this month, she guest hosted the Instagram feed for The New Yorker. She went from her 1,000 Instagram followers to the New Yorker's 81,000. It is the latest form of expression for a photographer who uses many of them. Aaron Breathour, welcome to the Telling the Story podcast.
1: Well, thank you, Matt. Thank you for having me.
0: <laughs> My pleasure, and we go back a long ways, Aaron. about eight months. <laughs> uh, you are not just a terrific photographer, you're also a friend, and I thank you for being here. And we're going to talk a lot about your craft and your advice for young photojournalists, but I-, I wanted to start by what fascinates me most about your work, and it all falls, you know, what you do all falls under the umbrella of photography and journalism. And yet, whenever I see the work you you do and that you've done, it is always in different forms. On the surface, your profession is photographer and photographer for a newspaper, but the opportunities that you get and that you take just seem to go just way beyond that. I, this thing with The New Yorker, talk about, first of all, just talk about how that happened, what you did, and and just the uniqueness of that project.
1: Sure. Um, Well, I got an iPhone about a year ago and um, jumped on Instagram and it's really become like my favorite form of social media. Being a photographer, it's kind of the natural choice. (laughs) Um, And so um, I just started following a bunch of people and um, started following the New Yorker magazine and really loved um, that they, Uh, started this trend of every week kind of having a different photographer host the feed. Um, I just thought it was such a brilliant way to um, take a look at a bunch of different projects that were happening, different styles that photographers photographers were using. And um, so I just kind of watched it for a long time. And I had been working on this uh, personal project at um, a camp for people with autism called camp, Lakey gap and, you know, I'd been going to this camp um, since 2008. And, you know, this year, um, I had a friend who basically did the uh, the guest hosting on the New Yorker uh, Instagram feed. And I sent him a note and just kind of asked about the process and ended up making a pitch. And um, they gave me the green well, light.
0: Did you ever imagine, you know, coming up as a photographer, I'm sure you, you know, it would have been in your mind it would have been amazing to have a photo in the new yorker or to be associated with them in some way did you ever imagine it would be like this their instagram account with photos you took with an iphone
1: <laughs> no i mean a year ago i would not have imagined this definitely not i mean it i think it's been such an interesting thing to watch just how quickly it's growing and yeah i mean it's incredible the the audience that they've built up and just being able to kind of tap into that, just even for a week, has been a really exciting experience. And it's
0: interesting, too, because you know, maybe the biggest story of the year so far in journalism was when the Chicago Sun Times fired all of its photographers and, and basically said that their reporters would now have to take photos with iPhones. And you know, they got slammed for that. Meanwhile, here you are, <laughs> I think, showing the power of that technology using your iPhone to reach, again, tens of thousands of people on what was a moving subject, the camp that, uh, that you showed with the children with autism. It, the photos were powerful, and, you know, and anyone who looked at them, no doubt, got a unique perspective on on the subject matter. So, you know, it's an interesting way that you communicated, and, you know, so I have to ask, what's your take on how technology is changing what you do for a living?
1: Um. Well, I guess I'm kind of looking at this as just a way that I've, a new way that I've been able to share a project that I've been working on for a long time. And so um, I think for me, I was able to use the iPhone in a, for me, it was like a really refreshing experience being able to use the iPhone because I've been going to this camp and I've been building relationships and I've been photographing it kind of a similar way every year with an old film camera. And so this was like a really totally new way for me to see things and it really refreshed the way I was shooting. So, um,
0: how so if I can, uh,
1: um, well, okay. So (laughs) I, I've been going to camp and making these diptychs and portraits with a film camera, an old Hasselblad film camera, which is like medium format film. It's like this slow, clunky camera. And that's actually what attracted me to it in the first place um, was, you know, I brought with, brought it with me um, when I went and visited the camp for the first time. And I liked that... Um, you know, in my daily job, I'm shooting with digital cameras and it's, you know, I'm turning the photos over really fast. And then this film camera came along and I, it really forced me to slow down a lot. And so for the last few years, I've been going to camp and really slowing down with this camera. And then this year I was able to kind of have this nice, like quick light and easy (laughs) immediate tool. Um, so I was really shooting with two cameras, you know, this, old film camera, but then also the iPhone. And the iPhone allowed me to just get really close to people. And I was actually talking to a photographer friend tonight, and we were just trying to figure out why it's become – why instagramming and why taking pictures with your iphone has been kind of satisfying and we both thought it was kind of like you don't have to set any dials you don't have to you know a lot of things are automatic yes a lot of things are automatic and then the immediacy of it too like afterwards you can look at the photos and um you don't have to upload them in your computer you can kind of tone them in your phone so it's just it's nice it's kind of (laughs) nice yeah
0: (laughs) i wonder if uh if part of the comfort level two goes to the subject of the photograph. So before you would have a big clunky camera, I'm sure for some people that's pretty intimidating when they know they're being photographed with that thing, as opposed to the iPhone Mm -hmm. where, you know, everybody's taking pictures of everybody with their iPhones all the time. So there's a much greater familiarity with that in terms of the, the people who are actually having their photo taken.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe I think, I think there's a little bit of truth to that, too. And, and too, I want to go back and say that, like, the hospital is not, like, a clunky camera. It's actually a gorgeous, like, <laughs> beautiful camera that you have to, like, bow down to to take the photo. So it's uh, – uh, getting back to your original question, um, yeah, maybe people are more familiar with it, too. But I think with camp, I've been going for so long, too, that people are just kind of comfortable with me, like, hanging around and, um yeah, I don't know. Sure. Yeah.
0: do you feel like uh i mean obviously i i would imagine if i asked you could you use your iphone to shoot photos regularly for your newspaper you would probably your eyes just widened as i asked you that question <laughs> now as if you were ready to pounce and attack Aaron.
1: <laughs> i mean i think the immediacy is an aspect that is pretty exciting in that, like, you know, you could post a photo really quickly from a new scene. And um, and that's kind of exciting. Um, but as far as like, you know, daily coverage, I think it's important to have those those big the big cameras. right?
0: So then my next question is, you know, in <laughs> that context, then. What do you make of this? kind of new way that you've communicated. Again, you're using an Instagram feed for a magazine that, you know, one of the most prestigious in the world. And even the fact, when when I first heard that you were doing this, I was kind of surprised that The New Yorker had an active Instagram account. They would seem to be the last (laughs) magazine to be doing something like that. So again, it Uh Uh kind of comes back to the fact that you're able to use your phone. And Mm -hmm. what is essentially a much lower quality image than you would get with your fancier cameras to actually you know reach a, a wide mass of people is it is it just a matter at this point of knowing how to do both and knowing when the situation is, is calls for which particular one
1: mm-hmm. um yeah. And I think, too, for all of those reasons you just mentioned, like knowing that this was such a big audience and um, that I really wanted to show my best stuff, I think I really focused on trying to make interesting and, uh, you know, touching maybe a little bit more, you know, find those moments with the iPhone. I really made a big effort when I was going to camp the last two weeks. Um to make sure I was getting good images because of the audience size. Well, that would be
0: <laughs> that would yeah, be important, I yes. And there is the question, I think, of, you know, most people, usually the the cliche is quality versus quantity. And I think the question now for a lot of photographers, in their jobs more so than maybe at a project like what you were doing, is quality versus reach. So you already had to balance when you're on the scene. You know, you can't obviously, you have to take with you, camera equipment that can get the job done. So if it's breaking news, you can't have a whole light kit and set up lights and, and, you know, make it as beautiful as possible. You have to capture the moment as it happens. Now you also have to account for, well, what can I use that will allow me to get my photo to the public in a quicker way? Like you said, it's not just about the newspaper. It's about what can go up immediately on the website. Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's totally true. And I, 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 Yeah, I think I learned a lot, too, about – I pushed myself a lot to make interesting photos, and I think I'm going to – I think that will kind of transfer into my daily work at the newspaper a little bit more, just seeing what I could do <laughs> with those photos and the iPhone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is
0: the Telling the Story podcast. I'm Matt Pearl. My guest is Aaron Brehauer, Asheville Citizen Times multimedia editor and New Yorker magazine Instagrammer, at least for one week. Aaron <laughs> – Let's, uh, let's move on to craft, and the photos that you used for The New Yorker, as I said before, they were really moving. I, w- I flipped through them once the first time, and I thought, these are powerful. Why are they so powerful? Why do they work as photographs? So then I flipped through them again, and I tried to break it down based on my own experience as a videographer, and to me, what was really interesting was that each photo had its own brilliance to me. Some of the photos from Camp Lakey Gap captured a great emotional moment. Others had just really nice framing. So here is a giant open-ended question for you. (laughs) What to you makes a great photograph? What do you look for when you're out there?
1: Um, yeah, I think I'm looking for those qualities. Like I'm looking for the aesthetic. I'm looking for an interesting looking picture, but I, I think for me, the total package when it comes to a picture is that it, is beautiful to look at, but it also contains a moment um, or it contains some connection. You have this connection to it. And for me, um, I think that means that I'm really drawn to people and relationships. And so I think um, those are the kind of photographs that I'm really drawn to. Mm -hmm. So at, at camp, I was really looking for those fun moments, like someone on the swing going really high, but I was also looking for, the, the really tender moments between the campers and the counselors. And um, I was really hoping that the photographs kind of um, showed people with autism having tender moments, because I think sometimes the stereotype is that they, it's hard for them to make connections so that they aren't as emotional as maybe more neurotypical people. So I, I hope that those were kind of conveyed in the, right pictures.
0: That's a really good point. I think you definitely accomplished that. It's funny. I I just did a story on a blind baseball league, a baseball league for the blind. And one of the guys who was on the team and these are all adults. And and he said to me, you know, people, you know, anytime one of us ties our shoes, people say that's amazing and that it's fantastic. And it's not because, Mm -hmm. you know, we can do the kinds of things we can do so much more than maybe people give us credit for doing. And uh, it sounds like that was your goal, too, especially having this wider audience, is really doing something with it. Kind of taking the photos that you did, but also making a point with them.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, I think you summed that up Yeah. <laughs>
0: so much so as to not even require an answer on your part.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. I just wanted to show that, like, these are some really wonderful people, and they're just people.
0: You know, you and I worked uh, together on a project for our parent company, Gannett. And in May, our entire team went to the museum. And I remember this really vividly. You know, we were all kind of, our minds just went right to the uh, Pulitzer Prize winning photos. And there was a whole exhibit on them. And as I was looking at them, it occurred to me how when you have photos like that, great photos, and maybe just photos in general, are often treated like works of art. You know, people stand in front of them, they observe them, they interpret them. And what I noticed at the museum was that people would disagree in their interpretations of iconic photos. You know, photos that, in theory, have a singular point of view, they come from a specific place, but they can be taken in so many different ways. And so, for me, that really brought home just how much our success as journalists depends on whether the audience gets what we're trying to say. And I guess I'm wondering, you know, as as you go into a project like you did and as you go into your job, how much does that enter your mind in the field? Do you kind of look at yourself as, you know, I'm putting this out there and I know what it means, but, you know, the audience will have to take it in on their own? Or do you look at it as, well, I need to make sure that if I'm taking a photo and I'm putting it out there in one way or another, it has to be, clear to a certain extent what my intentions are so that the audience can really take it in
1: yeah that's a good question um I think I think uh I was just kind of in the beginning when I was going to this camp I was really just trying to figure out what I was drawn to this place and I was drawn to these people but I was really trying to figure out why and um I think the last few years as I've come to like understand how the camp works and I've come to understand the people more, I think that I take greater care in, in making sure what I put out there is fair and kind of shows them in a true light. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So I think, um, so I think it's been a really long process of discovery, like figuring out, um, you know, what I'm trying to say takes a long time. And I'm still trying to figure that out, but sure um,
0: has yeah. has the feedback that you 've gotten on on the new yorker work has it has the feedback been what you 've wanted in terms of what people have taken away from those photos
1: yeah, I think so it's been really positive and um, I'm so thankful for that and yeah, I mean people um, I talked to the camp director today, and um, she's been looking at the comments too because she 's been kind of curious and she was really excited about the fact that people in different places around the world were like realizing that there were these resources out there for people, mm. you know, like other camps in different parts of the world. And I think that's kind of a nice, um, you know, side effect. And, um, you know, a few comments too where people were touched by certain images. I mean, it makes you feel really good. Cause you, you realize that they might be feeling what you were feeling about these people.
0: Yeah. That's great. I wanted to also kind of delve into, I know we've talked a lot about the Instagram feed, but, you know, beyond that, talk about the photography that you do and, you know, take us a little bit into your work at at the Asheville Citizen Times and just how the thought process there uh, might be a little different than obviously, you know, when you have year after year to go to a camp and really build your your point of view.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think... um... I really appreciate balance in in my work life and then also having personal projects. Um, and I think they kind of feed into each other. So, you know, I work at the citizen times. Um, I was a staff photographer for five years and then, uh, this past year I've been, um, the multimedia editor, which has been a really interesting change of pace because I'm doing more video stuff and more video storytelling, um, and a little bit of editing. Um, So, uh, so at work, you know, I, a lot of times we have, we create assignments and I'm going out and working with reporters and, um, you know, I'm trying to really interpret stories photographically so that they tell what's happening and they show what's happening and they bring people to the scene. And, um, so, so that's wonderful. And I love that. And I love my job because it, really shows me parts of the community that I wouldn't see otherwise. But then I also love having this um, part of me outside that is um, really pursues photography in a way that's totally different um, and is much, I think more personal. So, um, you know, going to this camp has been part of that and um, it just allows me to slow down a lot and um, maybe not, show things in such a direct way I can be a little bit more fluid in (laughs) I don't know I don't know does that make sense at all yeah
0: no absolutely I think I think it's really interesting I know one of the great pieces of advice that I received uh recently and that I now give out to many people is that you know it's really it makes your story a lot better when you can come up with just a point of view, an idea, an idea of where you're going before you even get there. You know, and, and basically the idea or what I was told, the great piece of advice is before you walk out the door, uh, you know, take about just 10, 15 minutes and just think about your story. Think about the emotions that are going to be involved. Think about, the the angle of the story that you might want to take and this isn't just for photography obviously it's it's for reporting as well but to you know essentially to just not go in as a blank slate to go in understanding the material as best you can thinking about it from a personal way thinking about it from an emotional way and Mm -hmm. i think you know that's something where those of us like myself in a lot of the work that i do but also you know in this case for you you know, having that point of view beforehand really allows you to, I think, get out of your own way and really have a great idea as to where you're going once you actually get there. And mm-hmm. for me, that always makes a difference, just taking a little bit of time just to organize myself and not just go out there guns a-blazing and, you know, making calls in the field and, and everything. and 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 I just like the fact that you mentioned that because I think – when you talk about the photos that you put up on Instagram and, and we'll have a link for that account, uh, on the page of this podcast, but, um, you know, you can see that a lot of thought went behind that. And I think it's possible to get that kind of thought to a smaller degree, but in day-to-day assignments to kind of get out there with a point of view. Mm -hmm. That was Mm -hmm. a long rambling, uh, (laughs) answer there i hope that made some kind of sense
1: i could i think i can totally see you working like that because i think you're such a thoughtful thoughtful reporter and i know you really care about people so i i, I totally see you doing that before and i i think that's great advice and i'm gonna try and <laughs> take that like, right more take it.
0: Taken, yeah
1: <laughs> no no i think that's i think that sums up a lot of the right way to be going into situations you know
0: this is the Telling the Story podcast. I'm Matt Pearl. She is Aaron Breathour, photographer extraordinaire. <laughs> Aaron, I always like to use this last part of the podcast to talk about advice for young journalists. And you're still in your twenties, but the industry has changed so much already in your time. Let me ask you this: What do you wish you knew when you started?
1: Um. Let's see. I think I wish I knew that you that you'll learn a lot but it just takes time and that you should just be patient and that you should not worry so much at what a lot of other people are doing or how fast they're growing, but that you just need to concentrate on your work and concentrate on making good work and improving slowly. And I think, (laughs) um, (laughs) you know, but I think that's true too, is like, there's so much pressure to try and, you know, advance really quickly. And I think there's, you know, there's merit. I mean, there's good things about that, but I think, um, just keeping at this core of everything that you want to be doing good work and that, you know, sometimes it takes a while still to learn things.
0: I would imagine yeah. it's, it's probably very difficult now to really keep that mindset, especially in your field, because again, you know, we, you know, obviously we see what happened with the Sun Times. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know photography departments have been getting squeezed in the past decade or so, and I would imagine for people coming out of college it's it's got to be a lot of pressure i mean you you started in oh five oh six
1: um i think yeah, like two thousand and six, yeah, so I think it was like a little bit different back then, like I feel like I kind of slipped in you know i slipped in the door right before you know the economy got really crazy, mm. you know. So I think it, I think things are different now. I'm not sure what it's, what it's like coming right into the field, but I think that I've noticed that a lot of like, you know, photojournalism journalism grads um, are coming out of school with so many more skills. Like in, in North Carolina at UNC, like at Chapel Hill, I mean, their program's awesome. And these kids are coming out of school with like great multimedia skills. And I feel like the emphasis is really on being able to do photo and video and, you know, do these really nice pieces. So I think that's really exciting and, and smart.
0: (laughs) You were saying before how, you know, again, you, you were, you said that you were talking with a photographer before about how, uh, camera phones and Instagram have become so popular and so ubiquitous from what you can tell, has that had any effect on the ability of photographers who, you know, go beyond that, who do, you know, who use fancy cameras, who are doing journalism for a living, has it raised the quality level as a whole? Because more and more people just have experience with photography to begin with?
1: Oh, that's that's an interesting question. I mean, I I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. I can say that it's been interesting to see what kind of some of the, like, bigger photographers that I follow how they kind of interpret Instagram and how they have been using because I think they're trying to figure it out too because they're curious because you know the audience can be so big you can share it so quickly and I, I think maybe some people are still trying to figure that out um which I think is really interesting it's fun to see kind of like the early stages of people playing around um and I also love too that you get to see kind of like behind the scenes, you get access into places you probably wouldn't have seen before. Um, like I love following the AP, like this past election cycle, the AP on the trail, like Mm -hmm. seeing what these like AP photographers are doing, um, you know, every day and actually getting a glimpse into their lives too. And, and in addition to like the work and behind the scenes stuff they're doing. So I don't know, it's been really interesting. Um, It'll be neat to see where things go from here too, because uh, people are still interpreting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. is the what is the most unique interpretation that you've seen?
1: Um a friend of mine, um, his name is Peter DeCampo. He um and a few other photographer friends of his, I'm not exactly sure how it's are, but um he was working in Africa a lot. And so he started an Instagram feed called Everyday Africa, which is basically um, not just him posting, it's like a group of photographers and they post kind of like everyday scenes in Africa. And it's really interesting to see, um, you know, like not just the news photos coming out of this giant continent, but, um, like everyday scenes. So I've loved following them. Um, let's, let me think here. Um, there is a photographer named Alex Soth who is kind of an arts photographer and he just got an Instagram and I'm really excited to see what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. I'm I and I I just love watching the like people like some of the photographers that I know that are really consistent in posting and seeing it's kind of just a way to see what their everyday lives are like. So yeah. it's yeah, I don't know. It's like I, little visual diaries. <laughs>
0: I just realized that uh, as we were doing this, that most of the people that I've had on the podcast so far have, have really been deep into their careers, you know, multi-decade veterans of their industry. And, you know, this is actually unique for me in that you're, you know, you've got most of your career ahead of you. And so I'm, I'm curious then to ask you, what are you most excited about moving forward? And, you know, both, you know, on an individual level, what your career could hold and also what the business and what photography could hold moving forward.
1: Yeah, I think, um, I think the connection, I hope that Instagram kind of continues to be this like source for people to play around with and like just play a lot more. And, um, with photojournalism, I think, yeah, God, I'm not sure what's going to happen to photojournalism or what's going forward. Oh, you,
0: that that sounds almost <laughs> ominous.
1: No, I, I I'm i just I'm not sure. God, I hadn't I haven't thought about it. Uh,
0: Do you think <laughs> that uh, a lot of you know you hear people saying that newspapers will eventually migrate to the web? Do you think that the the necessity of having camera equipment, large scale camera equipment, is going to go away?
1: You know, I I don't think so. I think. What I could see, and it's not that I really like it, but I could see kind of, you know, staff photographer positions kind of being pared down more and more, going out to freelancers. Maybe, maybe that won't happen at the smaller newspapers. Maybe it'll, you know, just be kind of bigger cities that mm. that happens. But um, yeah, I could kind of see that happening. And um, but but that's you know, I think I think there's a whole new world of. Of uh, people getting out of school or leaving newspaper jobs and, and starting these freelance careers, and I think it looks really exciting. And I think people uh, will just continue to figure out how to live as freelancers, and I think that could be kind of exciting to watch.
0: And what do you see for yourself moving forward? What do you see in terms of just your goals and aspirations for what you'd like to accomplish?
1: Um, I want to continue. I mean, I think as long as I feel like I'm uh, working hard and improving um, and building on my skills, I feel like that'll keep me happy. And I think I have a lot of little goals, like, you know, stories I want to work on. Um, And I definitely like one of my bigger goals, too, is to kind of find the next. I loved working on this Camp Lakey Gap project, but I feel like I need to kind of find that next big project for Mm -hmm that's going to, you know, kind of sustain me because this camp project really did sustain me creatively for a really long time. So, so yeah, that's, that's kind of the, for short term, like at the paper, just keep, um, learning more about video stuff and getting faster at that. And then also like personal projects, just keep, uh, find another kind of big project that I can work on for, you know, a number of years.
0: Is it important to have that, to have those projects, even if they're ostensibly on the side, but to put your skills to use in things that you care about?
1: Yes, yes. And I think for me, like the project, um, I keep talking about like the different camera formats, but really like shooting in film has been so different that it's been, um, I've learned a lot. And I think it, it kind of feeds into, I'm very much into like, the two things flowing into each other, like yeah. having this personal work and then having the daily job that, you know, is really quick and nimble. So, yeah.
0: An exciting time, I think to be in all forms of media, but certainly for photography, you just see the way things have expanded over the last decade and, uh, should be a lot of fun moving forward. So Aaron, <laughs> thank you uh, so much for coming. Uh, as always, I always like to ask that famous last question. Is there anything that we didn't touch on that, you feel is important that you wanted to add
1: um no i think I'm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah thank you so much for doing this matt this is a really great resource it's so nice
0: absolutely and it's great to have guests you know we've had guests from tv from podcasting and uh and from newspapers as well it's been fascinating to get the different points of view and uh Aaron, thank you so much for coming on
1: Thank you so much, Matt. really appreciate it.
0: All right. Well, the Telling the Story blog updates every Monday and Wednesday. The website is tellingthestoryblog.com. Rate and review this podcast on iTunes. And thank you for listening to this episode of the Telling the Story podcast. We'll see you next time.